Section 25 of Light Science for Leisure Hours. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Light Science for Leisure Hours by Richard A. Proctor. The Safety Lamp. From the Daily News, December 4, 1868. As recent colliery explosions have attracted a considerable amount of attention to the principle of the safety lamp, and questions have arisen respecting the extent of the immunity which the action of this lamp secures to the miner, it may be well for me briefly to point out the true qualities of the lamp. In the Davy lamp, a common oil light is surrounded by a cylinder of wire gauze. When the air around the lamp is pure, the flame burns as usual, and the only effect of the gauze is somewhat to diminish the amount of light given out by the lamp. But as soon as the air becomes loaded with the carbureted hydrogen gas generated in the coal strata, a change takes place. The flame grows larger and less luminous. The reason of the change is this. The flame is no longer fed by the oxygen of the air, but is surrounded by an atmosphere which is partly inflammable, and the inflammable part of the gas, so fast as it passes within the wire cylinder, is ignited and burns within the gauze. Thus, the light now given out by the lamp is no longer that of the comparatively brilliant oil flame, but is the light resulting from the combustion of carbureted hydrogen, or fire-damp, as it is called, and every student of chemistry is aware that the flame of this gas has very little illuminating power. So soon as the miner sees the flame thus enlarged and altered in appearance, he should retire, but it is not true that explosion would necessarily follow if he did not do so. The danger is great because the flame within the lamp is in direct contact with the gauze, and if there is any defect in the wirework, the heat may make for itself an opening which, though small, would yet suffice to enable the flame within the lamp to ignite the gas outside. So long, however, as the wire gauze continues perfect, even though it become red-hot, there will be no explosion. No authority is required to establish this point, which has been proved again and again by experiment, but I quote Professor Tyndall's words on the subject to remove some doubts which have been entertained on the matter. Although a continuous explosive atmosphere, he says, may extend from the air outside through the meshes of the gauze to the flame within, ignition is not propagated across the gauze. The lamp may be filled with an almost lightless flame. Still, explosion does not occur. A defect in the gauze, the destruction of the wire at any point by oxidation hastened by the flame playing against it, would cause an explosion, and so on. It need hardly be said, however, that, imprudent as miners have often been, no miner would remain where his lamp burned with the enlarged flame indicative of the presence of fire-damp. The lamp should also be at once extinguished. But here we touch on a danger which undoubtedly exists, 
and so far as has yet been seen cannot be guarded against by any amount of caution supposing the miner sought to extinguish the lamp by blowing it out an explosion would almost certainly ensue since the flame can be forced mechanically through the meshes though it will not pass through them when it is burning in the ordinary way now of course no miner who had been properly instructed in the use of the safety lamp would commit such a mistake as this but it happens unfortunately that sometimes the fire damp itself forces the flame of the lamp through the meshes the gas frequently issues with great force from cavities in the coal in which it has been pent up when the pick of the miner breaks an opening for it in these circumstances an explosion is inevitable if the issuing stream of gas happened to be directed full upon the lamp fortunately however this is a contingency which does not often arise it is one of those risks of coal mining which seem absolutely unavoidable by any amount of care or caution it would be well if it were only such risks as these that the miners had to face another peculiarity sometimes noticed when there is a discharge of fire damp is worth mentioning it happens occasionally that the light will be put out owing to the absolute exclusion of air from the lamp this however can only happen when the gas issues in so large a volume that the atmosphere of the pit becomes irrespirable with the exception of the one risk which we have pointed out above the davy lamp may be said to be absolutely safe it is necessary however that caution and intelligence should be exhibited in its use on this point professor tyndall remarks that unfortunately the requisite intelligence is not often possessed nor the requisite caution exercised by the miner and the consequence is that even with the safety lamp explosions still occur and he suggests that it would be well to exhibit to the miner in a series of experiments the properties of the valuable instrument which has been devised for his security mere advice will not enforce caution he says but let the miner have the physical image of what he is to expect clearly and vividly before his mind and he will find it a restraining and monitory influence long after the effect of cautioning words has passed away a few words on the history of the invention may be acceptable early in the present century a series of terrible catastrophes in coal mines had excited the sympathy of enlightened and humane persons throughout the country in the year eighteen thirteen a society was formed at Sunderland to prevent accidents in coal mines, or at least to diminish their frequency, and prizes were offered for the discovery of new methods of lighting and ventilating mines. Dr. William Reed Clanny of Bishop Wearmouth presented to this society a lamp which burnt without explosion in an atmosphere heavily loaded with fire damp for which invention the society of arts awarded him a gold medal the rev dr gray called the attention of sir humphrey davy to the subject and that eminent chemist visited the coal mines in eighteen fifteen with the object of determining what form of lamp would best be suited to meet the requirements of the coal miners he invented two forms of lamp 
before discovering the principle on which the present safety lamps are constructed. This principle, the property, namely, that flame will not pass through small apertures, had been, we believe, discovered by Stevenson, the celebrated engineer, some time before, and a somewhat angry controversy took place respecting Davy's claim to the honor of having invented the safety lamp. It seems admitted, however, by universal consent, that Davy's discovery of the property above referred to was made independently, and also that he was the first to suggest the idea of using wire gauze in place of perforated tin. In comparing the present frequency of colliery explosions with what took place before the invention of the safety lamp, we must take into consideration the enormous increase in the coal trade since the introduction of steam machinery. The number of miners now engaged in our coal mines is far in excess of the number employed at the beginning of the present century. Thus, accidents in the present day are at once more common, on account of the increased rapidity with which the mines are worked, and when they occur, there are more sufferers, so that the frequency of colliery explosions in the opening years of the present century, and the number of deaths resulting from them, are in reality much more significant than they seem to be at first sight. But even independently of this consideration, the record of the colliery accidents which took place at that time is sufficiently startling. Seventy-two persons were killed in the colliery at North Biddick at the commencement of the present century. Two explosions in 1805 at Hepburn and Oxclose left no less than 43 widows and 151 children unprovided for. In 1808, Ninety persons were killed in a coal pit at Lumley. On May 24, 1812, ninety-one persons were killed by an explosion at Felling Colliery near Gateshead, and many more such accidents might readily be enumerated. From the Daily News, December 4, 1868, end of section 25.